Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Everything Auburn. Taylor Davis, Jason Campbell here with you today. Thanks so much for joining us here to break down everything happening in and around Auburn athletics here in January. There is plenty to talk about, as always, with our football program still in an ever-fluctuating state. And we're going to update you on this unbelievable run that our basketball team is on. I know Jay loves talking about some hoops, so we're going to get you caught up on all of that. we got a big week this week. Uh, tonight will be a good one, but then Saturday's Saturday's really going to show us a lot. So looking forward to that one. But let's go ahead and get a word from our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish everyone a very happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up. And if you do so today, you are going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You know the drill. You just have to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get that deposit from football, basketball, hockey, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available in 2022. Bet online, where the game starts. Nonetheless, welcome in to uh, this episode, a new year, feeling good. I, I kind of hate New Year's resolutions. I think they're overhyped a little bit because like they fade after January. But do you have any uh, hopes or, or goals for yourself in 22, Jason? Well, I'll tell you what, everybody always has these new high-end goals at the beginning of the year and then mm-hmm. about 10 days they begin to fade because it's... <laughs> <laughs> But I'll say this, I didn't set any this year as far as weight and I'm going to work out because I usually work out year round. So that's not anything different for me. Now, one thing I have tried to do is limit my intake of sugars and sweets. Mm. So that's something I'm going to try to maintain throughout the year. I'm not totally getting rid of it because you have these people out here to go zero to a hundred. And that's why they fail. 
And I'm just like, you can't go zero to a hundred. You've been doing something your whole life. And it's just hard to just, just start off minimizing and then just increasing as you continue to go, the more you you wean yourself off of it, then it becomes easier to stay away from it. So that's pretty much what I'm doing right now is staying away from some sweets and and high sugar foods and, Mm. and see how far it goes. Nothing mean you're not going to see me on Instagram with a, with a, with a, you know, butternut cake or something, you know, or, you know, some, you know, some chocolate fudge cake Uh or something, or, you know, I'm just everything in moderation, Jay, everything in moderation. So you may see once a month instead of three times a month. Okay. I like it. That's not bad. I, um, I think I say at the beginning of every year that I want to read more and then, uh, the year goes by and I haven't done it. So (laughs) I'll say that that's my resolution again, uh, other than, you know, the word and sports stats and stories, I don't really do a whole lot of reading, but I would like to change that this year. So we'll see. I'll probably say that going into 2023 as well. Anyway, Looking forward to another great year for Auburn Athletics. Also, uh, really appreciate every listener and supporter of this podcast. We're looking forward to another great year of episodes for this podcast. Uh, But plenty to talk about in the world of Auburn Athletics. We're going to start with football, as we typically do. Uh, But real quickly, before we get into Auburn, we have not had an episode since the college football season concluded, ending with a national championship between Auburn's two biggest rivals, Georgia and Alabama. And uh, Georgia pulled off the win, the first national championship since 1980, defeating Alabama 33 to 18. Really a large majority of it happening in the fourth quarter. Uh, really in the entire first half, neither offense was really able to get anything going. Both kickers really had a day, but the fourth quarter is really when Georgia kind of came alive. So uh, it was it was an exciting game. It was fun to watch, even as an Auburn fan. And uh, the moral of the story is that my prediction was right and Jason was wrong. <laughs> I tell you what, though, your prediction was right by default. What? And I know everybody's going to crush on me for this, but I know go. injuries are a part of the game and everything. But oh you cannot simply sit here and tell me that if Williamson did not get, if Williams did not get hurt, that Georgia would have won that football game. I definitely because- think it would have changed the the flow of the game because he is their he is their playmaker so I right. I, I hear you on that and I, right. I feel like that was a big blow yeah he's their dynamic player he yeah. opens up the field because of his his exceptional speed so he puts pressure on the safeties that make them have to play deep and that opens up everything underneath so once he went out the game you can even hear Kirby say it once he went out the game their whole defensive philosophy changed because yeah. there was no threat for them deep anymore. So now they can kind of come up, they can play, they can play on top of all the short routes and they could force, they can force the quarterback to have to try to make some unbelievable plays against that type of defense. It just can't happen. You need those yeah. guys out there that can threat the threat down the field. And like I said, to Georgia's credit, not taking anything away from them, they won a national championship and that's not easy to do. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying they got a little help, but yes. at the same time, I would agree. you know, Bama did have some opportunities, the younger receiver. That's why I always tell every, every young player that's out there. Don't sit on the sideline and groan and moan mm-hmm. about why you can't play or you can't get your opportunity. And all you want is an opportunity because you never know when it's going to come. And then all of a sudden in this game, Devontae Smith, his freshman year, caught the game-winning touchdown against Georgia in 2017 and yeah. ended up being a Heisman when he left them. Okay, here comes another young receiver. Williams gets hurt. He's out. No Mechie, no Williams. 
Okay, young receiver, this is your opportunity in a primetime game, national televised, everybody in the country is pretty much watching. And they dropped some key balls. I'm talking mm-hmm. about some key balls that would have like turned the game or would have won them the game. Right. That was an opportunity for those young guys to make a statement. Yeah. At least for those that are pleasant fans, I can understand <laughs> the joy that you feel after so many years of not winning a natty to then reach that milestone. Congrats. Ready for the next season. Okay, onward and upward. And uh, for Auburn, they have been uh, working away, trying to add to this roster, continuing to utilize the transfer portal. Obviously, recruiting never sleeps. Uh, and we have gotten some uh, some pretty big gets. And there's a lot to talk about. I actually posted um, some stuff on my story. And Jason reposted them. So if you're not already, make sure you're following us on social media. I'm at Taylor Dave. No, I'm not. I'm at Taylor Beth Davis and Jason is at J Campbell 17. I'm going to start doing that more just so I can get more input from you guys and from our listeners so that we kind of, you know, take a voice from the fan base, not just our analysis. So I did some polls and some question boxes just to kind of gauge how everybody else is perceiving this stuff right now. So I'm going to share the responses to that, but I just wanted to add that out there that make sure you're uh, tapping into our social channels to uh, engage a little bit more in the show. Um, But let's talk about some losses to the transfer portal that have happened recently. And then we'll talk about the the returners as well as the additions. Um, Freshman defensive back, Eric Reed, edge, Romello height, wide receiver, Kaylin Newton, defensive tackle, Lee Hunter, and uh, tight end turn defensive lineman, question mark, uh, JJ Pegues was the latest to enter the transfer portal. Obviously, we know, you know, the ones that have happened before this, the the Kobe Hudson situation, Bo Nix, obviously, Sean Shivers. Um, but these have been the ones as of late. And I posted one of the things on my story was the most prominent loss to the transfer portal or, or the biggest loss to the transfer portal. Um, and I got a couple for Romello height, um, a couple for Lee Hunter, because there was such hype around Lee Hunter when he came in that he was the next Eric Brown, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, we do that all the time, Jay, we're also guilty of doing it to, to build this hype when somebody's coming in and then sometimes it doesn't follow through and, and that's just the nature of it. Uh, the most common answer was Bo Nix, which I, I am surprised about, but I'm also not just because it, it was kind of the the thing we knew about, you know, you know, the quarterback position, he's been here so long, yada, yada. So being at the point we are now with such a question mark at, at the arguably one of the most important positions on the field um, is a little unsettling, but I actually hate the JJ Pegues news and not that he was, you know, all that prominent this past year. I don't think he even started a game once he got moved to D line, but I think back two years ago when we had him at tight end, heck, they would put him in Wildcat sometimes, and he was such a weapon. I, I'm disappointed that we aren't we aren't going to keep that in our arsenal, but I don't blame him because with the skill set he has, he wasn't being used anymore. Yeah, 100. Uh thing about J.J. is we don't really lose him as a defensive tackle. It's not like he no. was one of our veteran defensive tackles that – you know, we depended on week in and week out to to make plays for us. Um, but we did lose an athlete, like mm-hmm. a guy that you can bury, like you said, utilize in a lot of ways. Uh, when Gus was his, when Gus was here, 
you know, he used them a lot in the Wildcat formations, especially inside the yeah. red zone. And with a team like ours that struggled so much this year in the past in the, um, in the red zone, you know, we probably could have utilized him a little bit there. Yeah. Um, you know, you see some other teams that do that. You see teams in the NFL do it. They bring in a big lineman and, and, and let them, you know, run some type of block and play on the goal line or even get a pass reception because he's so athletic. He can run out to the flats. He can run a corner ball, anything, and just kind of throw 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 the defense off off their heels. And um, you know, we didn't use utilize him, and now he's transferring to Ole Miss, so we will see him yep. uh, this upcoming season. So. No, just that's a loss, but the Lee Hunter is another big loss to me because, but we did beef back up on the defensive line. We did get some other recruits and transfers. Um, we got three guys from Oregon in the transfer portal. So I think we just, you know, swap bait a little bit. So, but, you know, there are some players that can fill the defensive line position. So that don't really phrase me. The only thing I'm really worried about is Kobe Hudson. Kobe Hudson, mm -hmm. we still don't know why he's not on the team. They don't know if he was kicked off the team or he entered the transfer portal or it was just a misunderstanding. Like so many speculations is going on out there. We have no idea, but I think he's the biggest loss. I, I say this because even with Bo, yes, you're missing a senior leadership quarterback, uh, someone that's been around the program, you know, that's had some good moments, had some rough moments, and you kind of want to see what it was all going to fizzle out and be. Uh, the last year and that's not going to happen yeah. but I, I feel like from a standpoint of some of the guys that we have that's going to be competing for that starting quarterback job it's not a major drop off and when you have so many guys competing for that job it makes everyone better and I yeah. think the thing with Bo when he came in it was almost automatically it's your job Right. You just say somebody he was going to compete I didn't buy any of it it was automatically his job and then they didn't really bring anybody to compete with him. This was the first year they brought anybody in when they brought in TJ to actually kind of push him a little bit. And you see it helped Bo's game for a better part of the season. It did help because when TJ came in the Georgia State game and he played well and we won that game, it made Bo play a little bit better those next couple of games. I will say that. And then after that thing, he got hurt and things just kind of, you know, it ended the way it ended. But there's something to be said about competition, Taylor. And I just think this is uh, this is going to be the new way of college football. So any kid that think they're going to a college and they're locked to be the guy for the next four years, like you better be ready to compete each and every year and not, and shed off who's ever trying to fight you for your job. That's at any right. position. But you right. can't keep running from school to school trying to think that you're just going to get your way. It doesn't happen that way. Everything I know that I've ever gotten in life, I had to earn it and I had to go through something to get it. So I, when I achieved it, it made me feel good about it because I knew what I had, I knew the struggle it took to get there. Like some of these kids don't understand it, that they don't want to struggle and yeah. you gotta, and, and it's going to happen at some point in your life, but you got to know how to deal with it. You can't run from it all the time. So we'll see what happened with this portal. I just wish that they would put a deadline on it as far as saying like, Hey, by January 20th, you have to declare whether you're transferring or not. That yeah. way the, the football team and the coaching staff for the next season can start preparing and putting their roster together for who they're going to have heading into workouts starting February, heading to spring ball and getting ready for the season. You need to know, just like in the NFL, you had to declare as a junior by mid-January if you're going pro or not. Right. So it needs to be the same in the transfer portal. Yeah, they're definitely going to have to put some parameters on it. Otherwise, it's it's basically free agency with no rules, which is chaos. But um, yeah, definitely some I, I would agree with you. I think the the Kobe loss is probably the most prominent. Nobody answered that on my Instagram poll, but probably because I said 
transfer portal and everyone knows that that one is still kind of cloudy not sure what's happening there but you certainly feel like um we're we're not losing the core you know what I mean I mean uh, the bow thing was was huge news in terms of what we've been accustomed to seeing but we also know that we were kind of accustomed to inconsistency with Bo. So I think that everyone's kind of made peace with that. And uh, we're going to talk about the quarterback room and, and the two additions that have come in and kind of the state of that position. But um, some notable returners that are going to utilize their final year of eligibility, um, some six-year guys that have announced they're coming back. Uh, Anders Carlson, which we love to keep a Carlson around Auburn. Daniel is yeah. just has crushed it this season in the NFL oh, yeah. really Raiders. I mean he has had so many game winners this year it's unbelievable but obviously Anders ended the season with an injury and was unable to compete in the last few games so he will be coming back which is great uh center Nick Brahms is returning which that's my answer for the most uh impactful returner Austin Troxel will also be returning on the offensive line and wide receiver Shedrick Jackson will be returning, which obviously I think there's a lot of uh, room for growth for him. But with the news of Kobe departing, um, I think it was it, it kind of gave everybody a, a bit of a sigh of relief that at least a, a familiar face and a guy that uh, has experience in this offense was going to be sticking around. Um, I also had mentioned that John Samuel Shanker is going to be returning for his sixth year, a guy who was also involved in the passing game last year. So that kind of gives you a, a bit of a sigh of relief. Uh, Demetrius Robertson has exhausted all of his eligibility. So he moves on. We've talked about Elijah Cannon, who has transferred as well. So I still feel like the wide receiver room is an area for uh, some gets and some additions. And I, I would assume the coaching staff uh, is focused on that as well. We've got a few that will be coming in in the recruiting class, Omari Kelly, Camden Brown, and Jay Fair. Um, but definitely would, uh, would not hurt to have some more uh, transfer guys added in at the wide receiver position. I think that having, you know, Nick Brahms with his veteran leadership and his understanding of the role um, at that core is so important because I also left a question box position group that you want to see the most improvement and progress in, in the off season. And by far the number one answer was the offensive line. Hmm. Well, yeah, that's true. Like everything's built from inside out. You think about it, you playing sports, it doesn't matter what kind of guy you got back there throwing the football and, and running it. If you can't block the line of scrimmage and move the line of scrimmage, then it's not going anywhere. Right. So, you know, these guys don't get enough credit when you do win. And when you lose, you know, sometimes the quarterback takes a lot of the hit, but you know, the offensive line sometimes takes a little bit of that hit too. And, you know, they've been getting criticized a lot the last two years. They've had some games where they really play well. And they've had a couple of games where they just, you know, looked in the up. And I just yeah. think this is, if we want to compete with the Georgias and the Bamas and the LSUs and, Texas A&M now with their recruiting class. If we want to compete with these teams consistently year in and year out, this has got to be a high target of our recruiting process. It's yeah. bringing in beefed up offensive linemen that are skilled because nowadays you can't just be big. You got to be skilled. And we need that type of offensive linemen and everything. And like you said, a receiving core definitely is a need. I hope we can pick up two guys in the transfer portal that has yeah. experience already, because otherwise we're going to be dependent on these young guys coming in with zero experience playing mm -hmm. at the SEC mm -hmm. level. And that's going to be kind of tough. 
Absolutely. Experience and size. I would like to see them add a, a few more of, of some height and stature, but um, th- arguably the, the most talked about, you know, changes and additions have been at the quarterback position on the heels of Bo Nix's departure um, and a less than pleasant showing from TJ Finley uh, in the bowl game and uh, the kind of refusal from the coaching staff to play D Davis any this past season, which was interesting. Um, so it makes you think that the quarterback room is, is very much a question mark and, and that they really don't feel like they have their guy. So they are bringing in Holden. Yeah. I got to find out how to say this kid's last name. <laughs> I think it's Garner. Are- I think it's Garner. Garner? Hold me to it, but I think it's Garner. I, I mean, Geiner, you Garner. mispronounce 90% of people's names, so <laughs> I'm not sure, Jay, but we'll go withholding Garner until I find yeah. out otherwise. Um, he's already on campus. I saw photos of him mm-hmm. moved into his dorm and whatnot because he is an early enrollee, which is fantastic. We'll certainly mm-hmm. give him time to get to know the guys, get to know the scheme, whatever. Also, new offensive coordinator Austin Davis is now on campus, you know, getting to work. And so him kind of becoming, you know, familiar with these guys and developing those relationships in January uh, means everything. It's a very important time uh, to kind of lay the foundation and and build something from now. So I'm, I'm really glad that Holden's already there. Um, still remains to be seen, Demetrius Davis, what will happen with that. But we have brought in two quarterbacks, two power five quarterbacks through the transfer portal. The first one was Zach Calzada, Texas A&M transfer. And the most recent is Robbie Ashford, a transfer from Oregon. He is a Hoover native. So uh, he was actually a dual sport Hoover standout, baseball and football. That was his uh, plan at, in college as well. He was on both teams at Oregon. Um, he is listed at 6'4", 225. Now he redshirted, so he uh, did not see a lot of playing time at Oregon. His senior year of high school, he also dealt with injury. I think he only, I think he missed seven games, I read, but he still put up over a thousand yards. Um, so this guy certainly has raw athletic ability. There's, there's a lot of good coming out. His high school coaches rave about him. Uh, great stature. And I, I would assume this coaching staff feels, feels a lot of excitement and a lot of um, more comfort having these two guys come in, not only the talent and the uh, ability that you see when you watch their film or or see their stats, but also uh, the familiarity that they have with big stages in the power five Calzada, SEC, SEC West. Um, This certainly expands the ability to have a really solid quarterback competition going in going into spring, but I, uh, I posted polls on my story for both of these guys asking how people felt. And I I gave the option of love it or unsure and, uh, 62% for both guys, people are unsure. There is still, um, not an overwhelming sense of, yes, we got our guy, at least in terms of, of the fan base. I feel like if you asked, coaches or or people on the inside, they might would tell you something different. Uh, What they see in these guys is different than what we are, you know, shown as of yet. But um, in terms of, of fans who are, you know, being vocal right now, there's still not a certainty with either of these two transfers. Well, I'll tell you what, do you watch the show, love it or list it? No. 
Oh my goodness. Come on. <laughs> you all watch HGTV. Oh God. I don't. I don't. Okay. Well, love it and list it is. You can either keep what you have and just remodel it and see, do you like it at the end? Why you go out and you look for other homes to see if you want to move, even when that house gets renovated, do you still want to move? So what Auburn is doing, they're trying to figure out if they want to love some of the guys that they're bringing in, or do they want to list some of the guys that they have? Mm -hmm. So my whole tale is one of these guys are going to transfer. Gonzada, what is it? Gonzada, Gonzada. Calzada. Calzada. Thank you, thank you. Calzada, Calzada. See, that's why you always got to have a woman around. Calzada. <laughs> um, yes, he showed something last year. You know, with Texas a and a little bit. Like you know, you beat Bama, and everyone thinks you has some trophy uh, <laughs> for whatever reason. But you know, I'm not bought all the way in on that. So okay, open competition. See what happens. Uh, then there's the new kid, the Roby kid, the Robbie kid. Roby, yep. Robbie. Robbie. Okay, Robbie. Okay, he's coming from Hoover. He's an Alabama kid. I'm pretty sure a lot of people in the state of Alabama are very familiar with this kid because of him coming from that area in Birmingham. So he's coming back closer to home. So that instantly makes him buy into the program fully because he's only an hour and a half away from where he grew up. Right. And he still has four years of eligibility. So this is a kid that plays a two, he plays two sports, he's a two sports star. So there's some credibility there. And now you get to Demetrius Davis, the guy everybody wanted to see in the bowl game along with TJ Finley. And there's still the question mark because this kid played in the state of Texas. He played in arguably one of the biggest high school uh, type schools in this state and he produced and not just one year he produced back-to-back years and he's the competitor now what i don't know is he was a gus recruit i don't know does he not fit the system that we're trying to run or are we just trying to not throw him out there because we felt like our offensive line was still trying to figure out who's intact and not have the kid but the kid is so athletic like that's what yeah. people want to see you know so I don't know if he sticks around Yeah, is what I'm saying, because why not? If he was going to stick around, you want to show interest, you probably would have played him in a bowl game. So right. I just feel like at this standpoint, you can't, it's only one football. Everybody's going to not going to get an equal opportunity to compete in the spring. You only get 15 practices and you only get so much time in these practices that you can't have a merry-go-round at the quarterback position while you're trying to build a football team. You have to pick three guys and say, Hey, these three guys were alternating in and out. And you guys, one of you guys will be the, if it doesn't get solved in spring, it will continue into training camp. But right. you can't go in there with five guys, six guys trying to compete for that job. Right. No, I totally agree with you. I feel like this was kind of just get it, get as much as you can right now. And then we're going to kind of, it, it'll fizzle itself out. But I could definitely see Demetrius Davis not sticking around if he doesn't get his shot this year. The thing is, when I saw him, at the bowl game, he is, he is shorter. Like he's listed at five ten, which means he's shorter than five ten, And his height really kind of jumps out at you, especially when you're looking at his comparison, which was TJ Finley at six, seven. Oh. Then you bring in Robbie Ashford, who is listed at six four two twenty five. So another, you know, bigger stature dude. I think that that may be an aspect that didn't fit with the system this year, but who he has been compared to early in his career 
is Russell Wilson. Austin Davis now comes in having worked directly with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is not a tall dude. So I think that there's honestly a lot of people picked up on the Austin Davis hire because of those comparisons, like that it it would make sense for him to have the expertise in working with a quarterback with a similar skill set as Davis. Oh, they're both Davises. Anyway, D Davis. Um, (laughs) So I think that that doesn't rule him out necessarily. I feel like it really is just going to be a tale of who steps up during this. You know, I mean, you have a stacked room. It really feels like it's anyone's position to take right now. I don't really see this as even with Bo and TJ and we knew D Davis and we were like, oh, there's quarterback competition. It's not like this. This really is going to be somebody show us something in the next six months. Well, the one thing about it is I think they're breaking this thing down in charts. And what I mean by that is TJ and Kanzalazada. <laughs> Give anyway. up. You can call yeah, him Zach. Yeah, How about yeah, that? Yeah, TJ and Zach. Thank you, Taylor. TJ <laughs> and Zach, I think, are the two upperclassmen. So they'll kind of compete against each other and everything. And if one of those guys win the job this year, then, you know, there'll be a senior next year. And right. there you go. Now you have the Garner kid, and then you have. You know, if Demetrius is still there, you still have him, but you also have this kid, the Roby kid coming in. So now you have Garner and Roby together. So these two guys together, they literally are going to be, Roby's going to be a year ahead of Garner, unless they do not redshirt him, which I don't know what they're going to do yet. So we'll see. But those two guys will be grouped together. So I think if you was to go with one of the upperclassmen this year, while you're grooming those two guys, and then after this year, if you want to revisit this, this the quarterback room again and say, okay, one of you guys going to compete for the starter, and whoever probably wins this job, it's probably your job for the next two to three years. Right. You know, so I think it's going to be broken down to charts. I, I think they brought those other two guys. I think TJ and, and Zach will compete for the job, and I think the other two guys are going to be groomed to be the, one of those guys going to be the long-term starter. Interesting. Okay. If that's the case, I would lean toward Calzada. I I just, I'm sorry. I just, I don't think that TJ has the versatility that this offense needs. Um, And so I think it would be Calzada. I just, I don't know. I feel like if, and it's Robbie, not Roby. If Robbie (laughs) really shows out during spring, I feel like they'll go with him. So I actually think it's going to be Ashford or Calzada, my dark horse would be the Gurner kid. Um, I don't know why. I just, I don't see TJ or Davis being who this coaching staff wants to go with. I feel like there's a lot of signs that would tell you it's not. So it'll certainly be interesting as has been (laughs) the narrative for Auburn football for a little while. You watch the quarterback position with a little bit of uncertainty, a lot of hope, but uh, just a need to see what these guys can do. I mean, look, by A-Day, we may see freaking five quarterbacks out there. Well, A-Day, you're going to have about 60,000 people at the game. To just watch because that. Of, just because of that. And I'm telling people right now, A-Day is very vanilla. Like, you would not see the quarterbacks really get hit, and you really wouldn't see them. Like, now, if you really want to have an open competition, you'll say, okay, we're going out there, we're running everything in the spring game. Everybody's live but they're yeah. not going to do that. So, you know, it's going to be really hard. So don't go to the A-Day game saying, 
oh, like you want to go see what a, how a kid can throw the football and if he can move and then, you know, can he throw the deep ball? Yeah, you can go do that for fun. And there's other guys you want to see. You want to see the receiving core and different yeah. things. But don't go there with the expectation of saying, walking away from the A-Day game saying, oh, I know who's going to be our starter. That's just not the truth. No, I mean, we saw Demetrius Davis get several reps and he showed a lot in the spring game that gave everybody a lot of excitement. Did not have a single snap this past year so it is not indicative of what will be put on the field by fall but it just gives you a little bit of a peek behind the curtain which we'll need on several guys which is I guess exciting also a little nerve-wracking but nonetheless a few other big ads that we've had as of late linebacker Eugene Asante from UNC he is listed at 61220 he had 23 tackles in seven games for the Tar Heels this past season uh, cornerback DJ James from Oregon, another Alabama native that is coming from Oregon. He started every game for them last year, logging 46 total tackles and two interceptions. So those are both great gets on the defensive side as well. Would love to see a couple wide receivers come on, maybe a couple offensive linemen, but certainly been encouraging to see the movement uh, for the transfer portal and, and still kind of adding to this roster as best that the coaching staff can. I like the pick by Eugene that you mentioned, a kid from North Carolina is transferring to Auburn. When you lose Wooten and you lose McLean, yeah. you know, you're talking about over 100 tackles this year. And then you get you then you then gain Owen Papo, but now you gain a guy with two years left of eligibility and Eugene transferring uh, from North Carolina. So that was a huge get. So yeah. I like what the team and the coaching staff is doing from a standpoint of, they're getting experienced guys while they're adding young high school guys mm -hmm. to the roster. So these guys are not having to be thrust out there. They learn from guys in front of them, and then they build and get stronger. And then when their time comes, then that's how you start to build a revolving door, where it's not we drop so far off every year. You just keep building, and you just keep one guy leaves, one guy feels. That's how you become a constant great football team. Right. Yeah, I absolutely agree. The work that they are putting in right now it really does show itself come August. And, and I feel like the way that this coaching staff has approached, you know, all the changes and, and all the developments of college football has been pretty solid. Even changes to the staff have, have happened pretty seamlessly. You don't hear, you know, a, a lot of talk or gossip or anything about it. It's just all, you know, work. It, it's hard work. And that's, that's kind of the, the bread and butter that they are continuing to emphasize and and they've got to get guys that that buy into that as well and I agree with you I think getting some experience while we feel like we're still solid on the defensive side and we obviously are adding guys with experience to replace guys that had a lot of playing right. experience uh speaks volumes and while Papo is is so you know important to this this team and and this program he has been kind of injury prone. That's unfortunate, but a reality. So to have more personnel to kind of, you know, utilize the skill sets that are similar to his, I, I think benefits everybody. So um, feeling good about where things are, obviously still a lot to uh, a lot to learn and, and see as the months come. But anyway, we will obviously keep you updated on all the ongoing changes, but let's go ahead and talk some basketball. This team Still only one loss on the season, a 13 win streak still happening right now. And uh, they came in at number two in the AP and coaches poll. Gonzaga sits at number one. Um, I posted a poll about that this week and pretty much everyone feels like we were gypped. Nonetheless, <laughs> I, uh, I feel like if, if they show out this week, this team could be sitting at number one next week. And it just, 
it is so gratifying to see this program at the point that it's at right now. Oh, yeah, that's just, let's be honest, the basketball team actually built their program in the transfer portal. So, and the transfer portal for Auburn basketball has been huge. It's a reason we're ranked number two. You talk about Kessler, yeah. you talk about Katie Johnson and Willie Green. Uh, you know, these guys, like, they are, they have been huge contributors uh, to our basketball program this season. And they just come in, they bought into what Coach Burrell is, is teaching. And this is an exciting football team, I mean, basketball team, because they're so deep in depth. And, you know, you just never know, like, who's going to show up each night, you know, Jabari Smith, like what, the, how far he's come from the first game to where we are now in the season. Like, you know, he's an unselfish basketball player. And a lot of guys that come out of high school as top recruits, they're only thinking about getting to the league, getting to the league. This guy has bought into what Coach Pearl is trying to teach him. And he is distributing the ball. He's taking shots when he need. And, and a lot about playing basketball. I understand the Coach Pearl's system. A lot of it is, okay, we were running shoot basketball team. But it's also about being smart and taking those shots when you know you're supposed to take shots, but not take those unnecessary shots. And that's the part I think this team has gotten to where early in the season, we're going to shoot that thing high and far. Doesn't matter if we are about five and it's two minutes to go in the game, we're not going to use clock. We're shooting it. But now they're playing smarter where they're actually getting to those situations. They, they tend to slow the game down when they need to slow the game down. And they have that they have that adjustment to shift it to another gear when they need to. So I think Coach Pearl and his staff has done an outstanding job. Yes, we're ranked number two. And I'm going to be honest with you, it's hard to go through a basketball season ranked number one the whole season. Like, yeah. at some point, pressure builds. And the more teams start shooting for you. And I think this team understands that they now have a target on their back where – Every team that they play from here on out, they're getting their best because everyone's trying to knock you off. So that's the excitement about college basketball and being an Auburn basketball fan is every game means something because our goal is not just to be number one, Taylor. We're trying to finish in the final, in the top four, right. just so we can get a one seed in the tournament. So it doesn't matter to me if you're one through four, long as you're in the one through four, you got a huge shot of getting that top seed and a chance to try to make it to the final four. So yeah, I'm proud of this team and uh, they just, you know, keep sewing wood. Absolutely. I, I love the character of this team. And I feel like a theme that you and I always talk about on this show is that a team takes on the personality of their coach and you just see the imprint that Bruce Pearl has on his players. And it is such a, a gritty kind of uh, not really letting the moment get too big, but still having the passion and the energy when you take the court. That's exactly how they are. And it's just so fun to watch them. I mean, that Ole Miss game and and not that I think that Ole Miss was a team that should have beaten Auburn, but the environment that they had in Oxford was pretty substantial. And obviously you get down by that much. You can kind of let it start to creep in especially going on a streak that they know they have and, and with a potential number one on the line and yada, yada, this team just, it's so even keel and level-headed. And I, I just love watching them. They have such a, a confidence to them without it compromising how hard they work and how hard they play. Um, I, I've had a blast watching them, obviously defeating Florida, Alabama, Ole Miss, uh, we've got Georgia at home tonight, which is actually one of the worst defensive teams, allowing 75.1 points per game. Uh, they're 12th in the SEC for offensive efficiency. So 
should be a, a solid one for the guys. But then Kentucky on Saturday is certainly going to be a very different narrative. They're actually coming off shooting a 67.9 percentage mm-hmm. this weekend against Tennessee, which is actually the best of the Calipari era, believe it or not. So uh, they're coming off a, a pretty big one. I believe they'll play Texas A&M tonight, if I'm not mistaken. And then they'll come into what hopefully will be a very electric Auburn environment on Saturday. Uh, They certainly have a lot of depth, which is something that Auburn does as well. Seven players averaging at least five points per game and four averaging double digit scoring. Their losses came back in November against Duke on the road against LSU and Notre Dame, who is really challenging in the ACC right now. So um, if they can get out of this week unscathed, uh, I just, I think that they continue to rise and there's only one more step that they could rise, but regardless, they are off to a fantastic start. The talent is there. This team is a lot of fun to watch. And, and I feel like it's going to set up for a really fun March. Oh yeah. March madness is around the corner. I say I this though, wait. the Kentucky game is going to be crazy. Yeah. I'm still debating if I want to go. I have a ticket to go. <laughs> and I'm trying to debate right now, uh, just because it's, it's a 12 o'clock game. Yeah. And I have to do some early Saturday morning. So I'm going to see. I, I got to see. But I suppose I kind of wish it was game. a night game. I know. I suppose I'm going to the game tonight, but it's a, they moved it to 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern. So I just like that cancel that. You can get back at mm-hmm. 2, 3 in the morning. So, uh, you know, this is going to be a great, this is so fun to watch, though. Like it you really said, is. Like they, the Kentucky game is always a huge game. And I've gone to the last couple each year, except for last 2020. But these every time that team plays each other, the excitement is like through the roof. Yeah. And it's it's such a fun game to go to and just to chill after the game, go to a restaurant, get something to eat. Auburn has so many restaurants now. They have mm-hmm. so many, so many different things that you can do rather than just go to the game and go home. Like you can just kind of explore a little bit. And um, that's the fun things about going to a game. But I tell you, if you haven't been to a basketball game, I don't know when the last time you've been to a basketball game, but it's been a long time. Yeah, it's about time you check in, Taylor. You've been checked out too long on the Auburn basketball right. team. You got to check in. Look, it's on my to-do list. I'm I'm definitely awesome. going to make that happen. Right, right. Hey, you go to okay. the same basketball game. And I tell you what, it's the excitement is, like I said, it's through the roof. And not every day, people, that you get to see this. But I think Coach Pearl is building something. And it's making a lot of Auburn fans happy, especially, yeah. you know, right now we're rebuilding football programs. So right. basketball gives us something to lean on to for right now. It's so fun. So fun. This weekend will uh, certainly be a big one. Looking forward to it. This weekend will also include the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Obviously, this weekend's games, there were games literally the entire weekend, setting up for some big matchups this weekend as we get closer and closer to the Super Bowl. So let's go ahead and get Jason Campbell's picks on this week. Okay, let's start out with uh mr joey burrow himself who's been showing out this season but a big task for them facing the tennessee titans who you got well joe burrow you know he looks like the guy the kid that played in home alone when i, was I little. know he does uh, but i'm gonna go with tennessee yeah. because that main guy here is coming back this yep. week yep. and he is fresh and ready to rumble I agree with you. And it's in Tennessee. So obviously you give them that. I have been so impressed by what the Bengals have put together. I really, really, really love Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase being on that team together. 
Um, I think it's it's been a lot of fun to see their success and to see how they played last week as well. That game was wild, probably the most entertaining. Um, but I would agree with you. I think I'm going Titans. Okay. Uh, also, AFC, Bills, Chiefs. Who you mm. got? Man, this should be the Super Bowl matchup. Right. Uh, Bills, Chiefs, Josh Allen. Gosh, when he plays great, he's one of the top three players in the league. When he plays off, I just – uh, I'm going to have to go with the home team on this one. I'm going to go with Kansas City. Uh, yeah. I think my homes them have gotten hot. It's all about getting hot at the right time. I think offensively they're they're hidden. But I do like Buffalo's defense. Like, they've have intercepted more passes than they've given up touchdowns this yeah. year. So this makes this game very interesting. But I'll take Kansas City at home by three. Yeah, me too. Honestly, I feel like I'm leaning toward home team in these. But, Golly, I mean, if I would like to see the Bills win, I'll be honest with you, that would be my preference. But I, watching the way the Chiefs played this past week at home at Arrowhead, I just feel like they've worked past all their kinks that they had earlier in the season. Those are far in the rearview mirror. So, but I, if you I, had to pick an upset, I would go with Buffalo. If I had to pick, yes, an upset. I, I would agree, I, and I would prefer to see the Bills, but I think Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs will pull it off. Uh, 49ers Packers. Mm. Uh, A-Rod is playing at a different level right now, quarterback-wise. He's probably going to win the MVP. I'm probably going to go with the Packers. It's hard to stop that combo with him and Devontae Adams. Their defense is better this year. They do have a run game this year as well. And, you no, know, the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, yes, I picked them to beat Dallas last week because I thought they was the more physical team. Okay. But – Jimmy can't make those same mistakes that he made against yeah. Dallas and get away with it against Green Bay. So I'm going to go with the home team in that one, Green Bay. Yeah, I actually see a lot of uh, positives in the 49ers, that run game, that defense. But I think when you look at the quarterback, that's where it's decided for me. I don't think Jimmy G is it. And I think Aaron Rodgers is going to make sure that this team continues their run. So I would go Packers. And it also um, depends on Boza and Warner plays. Their linebacker and that's Boza. That's true. That would be that would be a big loss. Uh, and finally, Rams Bucks. And mm. this is actually the one that I might would consider upset. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I'm going. I'm going to go with the Bucks. It's at home. Their defense, the front, they got the guys back. They they got Davis back as a linebacker. They also their corners have finally come back. Dean and Davis, two Auburn guys. Um, I just think Leonard Fournette probably finds a way to play this weekend. Um, they. I just think Tom Brady, experience. Um, you know, yes, Stafford got the guy off his back last week. I hate when people say that it's more than just a quarterback team, but yeah, you know, they do have the most talent when you want to look at from the outside and they do have Aaron Dunn on the inside, mm -hmm. but Tampa, I just think their experience, the playoff experience and what they did last year propels them onto the NFC championship game. Yeah. I, as much as I say, and these games will be fun. I like the matchups. I feel like there is a predictability in terms of result. How you get there, I think, will be fun to watch. And uh, I just, I do not want a Chiefs-Bucks Super Bowl. That's just, <laughs> I That's really, really don't happen. want that. <laughs> well, remains to be seen, but there's his picks for this weekend. Everyone, uh, make sure you enjoy that. The big Auburn basketball game against Kentucky. Lots of exciting things ahead this weekend, and we will break all of it down next week.
So that's going to do it for us this week on Believe in Everything Auburn. Thank you so much for listening and following along. Jason and I really appreciate it. Again, make sure you're checking us out on social media. We'll do more question boxes and polls on our stories so that we can get your input heading in. Maybe we'll even do a, a Q&A submission and answer them on air next week. That might be a good idea. So make sure you find us and uh, continue to follow along. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. You'll get a notification every time we release an episode. So everyone have a great week. Stay safe. And we'll talk soon. War Eagle. War Eagle. Peace. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.